0: i that you're here. I want to say all, tune in, all those tuning in online, thank you for tuning in today. We know today's service can help you out and encourage you. Um, you know, Christmas season is a great season. Um, it's a great time of the year, but it's also going to be a very a difficult season for many people. Um, so if you're here today, you're discouraged, maybe feeling a little down, maybe a little overwhelmed, uh, good news, you came to the right place, and we'll be talking about that. And then for those of you in this room that are maybe saying, this is a great season of my life, like, it's man, I'm feeling good, things are going well, uh, well, you came to right place, too, because here's the thing. What I know is there'll be a time when you're going to feel um, discouraged or you'll feel down or you'll feel overwhelmed. And today we're going to talk about that. What does that look like? And I think when we understand that there's these seasons in life that we go through, uh, all of us do, uh, that helps us because when it when it comes, if we're prepared for it, if we're ready for it, if we have the right tools. One, if you're in it, you can get through it. And if you haven't gotten in it yet or you're going to get into it one day, if you get ahead of it, you can actually shorten that season. And you can actually make it through with a lot more joy. And so either way, whatever camp you find yourself in, whether you're discouraged and that's the season you're in, or you're joyful but you'd like to have some tools that when those things do take place, what to do when it comes. I'm going to help you with that. Because uh, here's, here's the reality that we live in as a world. The Bible says that our world is broken. We live in a broken world. And the reason it's broken is because of sin. Sin broke the world. Our choices and our, 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 the choices that, that humans have made and the choices that we continue to make have broken the world and continue to break the world and things around us. In fact, the Bible compares this reality to, to, to darkness. The reality that we live in in a broken world is to, to darkness. And there's times where when we go through things in life, it's almost as if we're in the dark, stumbling around, not even sure what's going going on. And so people face that. In fact, some, some authors, they use this term, a dark night of the soul. Like there's these moments in life that it's so difficult and things are coming at us in different angles, different, different, different places that um, it really just is, is really difficult a season of our lives. And, and they would say a dark night of the soul because something within us is just not not healthy, not whole, not complete. Something's lacking, something's missing there. And, 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 we sh- and so many times in those seasons, we struggle with a lot of things. Um, and so today we're going to talk a little about that. Because uh, what, 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 what the good news is uh, that we will talk through is uh, this week we're going to start, next week we'll continue the series. And so um, we're going to give you some more tools next week also. Uh, but today we're going to talk about darkness. What, what is that like? What is that, um, what can we learn from others that have gone through this season? Um, and, and the good news is this, as we celebrate Christmas, God understands what you're going through. He understands the seasons that we go through. And in fact, the Christmas story is one of the the most amazing stories because in and itself is the moment where God stepped into one of the darkest moments in history. Uh, For the people of Israel especially, they were in one of the darkest seasons as a nation, as a whole, and God stepped in in the middle of that darkness. He stepped into it. Because here's what happens. In the dark night of the soul, in in these seasons of of being discouraged and being overwhelmed and feeling down, uh, everything that, that season of life is no fun, it, and, it, and it really literally sucks the life out of us, um, to the point of even sometimes little tasks that should be easy are very difficult, um, where we avoid others because of what we're feeling. And, and the things that we go through are just very overwhelming. Even, even rest and, and things that should be enjoyable aren't even enjoyable uh, because of the, well, the season that we're in. And we're going to talk about that because um, what we have to understand is, is God's not intended this way. And, and because of this, the, the, because of sin and because of the choices we've made, we now have the, a lot of this time's reality in our lives of brokenness and pain and hurt, um, and even suffering in some cases because of these things that, that people have chosen. So sometimes it's not by the fault of our own, and then other times it is. The choices we made lead us into these moments of darkness. They lead us into these moments of being overwhelmed. Um, and so, you know, um, a few years ago, I was, uh, I was able to take some students on a leadership retreat. And we went down, and one of the things that we did is we, we, went, we went into caves, went caving, and we went and explored caves. And so we went into the cave, probably maybe a mile or two into the, into the ground. And while we're in there, we got to this place where um, you're in the middle of the earth, right? So you're just way down deep, and you're crawling through these little tunnels, and, and it's, it's so dark. And at one point, you know, as long as you have the light on, it's not that bad. But when you turn the light off, and it's like you could feel the darkness, right? It was like so dark, like it, it surrounded you and covered you. In fact, in that moment, I remember as, as the students were in there, we were talking about leadership and we were talking about you know being developed as people and uh, and one of the questions I asked while we were in there is, and, and, uh, was how much leadership does the person with the only flashlight really need in, 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 the, in a dark situation and not a whole lot. Um, you just turn the light on right, but when that light was off, there was this overwhelming sense of being alone, this overwhelming sense of not knowing where you were, uh, just like you, you just you couldn't figure out how far somebody was, you'd talk and you'd hear somebody talking. You had no idea if they were next to you or far away. And then we would like, you know, we would start talking and then somebody turned the light on you look and somebody's face is right next to you, like right, right in your face. And you're like, I didn't even know you were that close because you had no sense of, of sound. Everything just was, was different in that, in that setting. And I think sometimes in life, we go through these seasons of dark, the dark night of the soul. And it's kind of like that. Like you don't know up and down. You don't really know what's going on. It's like, it's like the, the story of, the, of this kid that wasn't very wise. He fell into, the, into a well, and his friend from top says, hey, uh, is it dark down there? And the kid says, I don't know. I can't see anything. And sometimes being in the dark is like that. You just don't know what's going on. It's like, I don't know. I can't see anything. And, uh, and, and, and when we're in these seasons. It's no fun. And, and, and hopefully – my hope is that when, as, as those that came in, you're in this season, that today you're going to walk out with a little bit of hope, a little bit of light, a little bit of uh, some tools to begin to, to get through that season because there's hope. You can. You can get through it. Um, but what I want you to know also is, is these seasons, they come, and, and they're part of life, and we go through these things. You're like, wow, man, be more positive, Eric. I'm positive. You're going to go through dark seasons. It's just part of life, um, and I'll tell you why because Jesus said it. I believe Jesus, and he says this. John 16, 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. So Jesus is telling the disciples all these things are going to happen to them, what they're going to go through, some of the challenges they're going to face. And Jesus says, I've told you all these things because I want you to have peace when it comes your way. In this world, you will have trouble. There's going to be difficult. There's going to be challenges because that's what sin brings to our world all the time, is difficulties and challenges, broken relationships. But he says, but take heart, be courageous, be brave, take heart. I have overcome the world. So he's saying, I want to give you hope in the middle of these times because you're going to face it. You're going to go through it. Uh, life can be hard. And sometimes with, with no hope, when there's no hope, man, it's really difficult. And it really does drain us. Uh, but if we understand that in those difficulties, there's something more to life than what we're facing. We can push through. We can get through. Um, and and, and we, one of the things I want to end is, is, is darkness. Sin only has darkness to offer. In our life, when we make choices that are contrary to God's word, we will only ever end up with darkness and despair and all those things because that's what sin leads to. It always leads to death, a death within us, a death in our soul, a death in relationships. It's always that way. And so when we find ourselves in those dark nights of the soul, you're like, man, I really came to a good service. Yes, you did, because if you can figure this out in life, you'll actually be able to um, be able to endure the most difficult of times. And that's my hope. Like Jesus saying, I want, to, I want to tell you what's going to take place because when it takes place, you're not going to freak out. You'll have peace in the middle of it, even when it's hard and difficult. Why? Because you knew it was coming. And because I'm going to, he gave, us, gave them tools and the ability to be able to walk, uh, go through those storms and not give up. It's, it's like you know, a healthy person goes outside and looks at the clouds and looks at the snow falling in the storm. And, and they, they, they know in their mind, okay, this storm is going to pass. Right now it's dark and it's, it's difficult. But eventually the storm is going to pass. When we're in the dark night of soul, sometimes because of unhealthiness, we actually don't even think that sometimes. We think this storm is our new reality that will always be in forever. And that's not true. But because we're unhealthy, we see that. Um, because darkness does that to us. You know, it's, it's like a story I heard about uh, this, this robber. He breaks into a house uh, while the residents are away you know, one dark night. And, he, and he's eager to find anything he can. So he's looking quickly through all the drawers and going through all the, the cabinets and the cupboards, trying to grab different valuables. And suddenly he hears a voice come out of nowhere. And this voice says, Jesus is watching you, and he freezes, and he's thinking, oh, man, somebody's in the house. So he go, he, he, he's really quiet, trying to figure out, like, who's there, you know, and how, how's he going to get out. So um, the voice stops, and he goes, looks, the doors are still locked. He's like, that's weird. I don't think he was here. So he starts looking again, going through different rooms, and the voice comes again. Jesus is watching you. And the, the robber freaks out, and he's like, oh, man, um, this is, somebody's in here. So he begins to look through, and the voice comes a third time, says, Jesus is watching you. And he, and he realizes that, that it's a parrot. And so he says, he says um, um, what, what, have you been talking to this whole time? And he's confused, and, and he checks, and, he says, and the parrot says, yes. And, and the robber realized that what was going on, he says, um, are you the one who's been talking to me? And the parrot says, yes. He says, what is your name? And the parrot says, Bob. And he says, Bob? He's like, what kind of idiot names the parrot Bob? And he says, the same kind of idiot that names their Rottweiler Jesus. When you're in the dark, you don't see things the way they are. You see the things the way you are. When you're in the dark, when you're with those seasons, you don't, you're not always aware of what's really going on because all you see is you. Darkness of the soul is, is brought on by pain. It's brought on by things that come our way. And pain makes everybody selfish all the time. I mean, drop, drop a really heavy weight on your foot and see how nice you'll be to people and how much you can serve others when your foot is crushed and broken. Right? You can't because the pain in your foot says nothing else is important. Only the pain matters at this moment. And in our life, when we only focus on pain, we don't see anything else but the pain. And we can't help others. We can't do anything for others because our focus is only on us. And the pain brings our head from being up and aware to being down and discouraged and in the pain. And the dark night of soul is kind of like that. Uh, one of the great, great scriptures I find uh, uh, when we're in these seasons uh, that helps us, it's, a, it's probably the most famous psalm in the whole Bible. Maybe one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It's well known. Uh, Psalms 23. Um, this is what Psalm 23 says. The, David, the psalmist, he knew um, that there's these seasons of life that are difficult. But he knew where his hope was and who he was trusting in. That even in those dark moments, he knew there was something, something else going on. There was something bigger going on. And the psalm says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in cream pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup it overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David David is reflecting on this song he's singing this song and he's he's reflecting on life, and he's saying, All right, if God is my shepherd, if I'm the sheep and he's the shepherd, he's leading me on this journey, he's my leader, he's going to take me through these different seasons. And, and, he, and he talks about the, the, the different um, things that God does for us and the, and the places he leads us and takes us through. And notice how the, the, dark, the dark valleys are part of that. So like, like any, any good shepherd that leads their sheep towards p- green pasture, there are seasons where they have to lead that sheep through difficult moments in, in different, um, different landscapes. And it, sometimes it's not going to be the, most, the, the easiest um, climb and the easiest place to go through. But the sheep, shepherd is leading those sheep to somewhere good. Um, See, that's Psalms 23, but I read recently a a Psalms 23 revisited. And I think this might be more the reality sometimes of our world that we live in. The clock is my dictator. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when I'm exhausted. It leads me into deep depression. It holds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done for my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand my... They demand performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. My in-basket overflows. Maybe you are right there? are like, hey, my in-basket's overflowing too. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. See, Psalms 23, David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, and I think sometimes this is the reality we live in, especially sometimes in this season because we're running around so frantic trying to do all these things that we get to this place where it's overwhelming and sometimes discouraging. And I think this is the reality that a lot of times we live in. Um, and next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some great tools to overcome a lot of what, what we just talked about there. But let's look at Psalms 23. And when David is looking through this, let's, let's kind of look some some main ideas that he's pointing out to us that you might, might, we might miss when we go too fast. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. David is saying, all right, in these seasons of, of, of difficulties, in these seasons of lack sometimes, that's what drives sometimes the darkness and the difficulties in our life. David is saying, God knows what I need. I'm not going to lack anything I'll ever need because he's going to provide for me as I trust him. So if he's my shepherd, I'm following his lead. I'm not going to lack anything because he's going to take care of me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So he makes me. That that, that, that phrase right there is very interesting. Um, I don't have to make my kids do anything that's good for them. But things that are not good, that, that are, um, I don't have to make my kids do anything that, did I say that right? That are good for them. They just do it, right? They want to do it. But I have to make them do things that they don't want to do that are good for them. I, I make them. Like, easy things, they just do. But those maybe hard things that should, they should do, I have to make them, right? Like, I'm saying this is a requirement. You have to go to sleep early. You have to go to sleep so you don't get sick. You have to be, you get rest. You have to eat good good food, not just junk food. Like, I have to make them do certain things. And notice how he says God makes me. That he's my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. God understands us as humans, as, as, as his sheep, that we are so frantic and so... Um, never stopping, that there's times he has to make us lie down. And, and this is a big element that we'll talk about next week is, is rest and how the importance of rest. And when you don't rest well and you're not taking care of your your, your soul and taking care of yourself, you get in this place where, well, honestly, nobody is fun to be around when they're tired, right? None of us are good when we're tired. When we're cranky and we're grumpy, nobody wants to be around us because we're just not happy, happy people, we're not good people. And so in this case, he's saying, God's going to know the seasons where I actually need to rest. And sometimes he's almost going to force me to do this because it's good for me. And he says he leads me besides quiet waters. There's these seasons of life where he will lead us. Besides, it's, it's a little more of peace there. And he'll refresh us. And then he says this, he guides me along right paths for his namesake. And on these paths that he's, the right path, notice what's attached to the right path. Sometimes the right path is even though I walk through the darkest valley. There's not a separation there. The path he leads us on, yes, they're right paths, but sometimes they're through a very dark valley. And in that dark valley, sometimes the reason he's leads us to that valley is because he's trying to get us to a mountaintop. He's trying to get us to better pasture. He's trying to get us to a better place in life. But we don't understand it a lot of times. And he's saying, as I walk through this dark valley, I will fear no evil because you're with me. God is still with us in that season. So if you're in a dark season, dark soul of the night, God is still with you in those, in those moments whatever you're facing, and his rod, his staff, they will comfort me. He's saying there's these tools God has that he's going to help us on this journey. And he goes on and says, you prepare before me a table in the presence of my enemies. Notice how he's saying you're going to have enemies. There's going to be people, and it's really hard, Is when these enemies are the ones that actually loved you just not that long ago. Sometimes families, people you committed to, and and in those those seasons of whatever, uh, they become the enemy. Well, he's saying even in those seasons, God will take care of you. He'll prepare a table before you, even in the presence of those that, that you have hurts with and that that, want, that don't want you to succeed. He'll anoint our head with oil. His, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A few weeks ago uh, for At The Movie series, we are going through a, a, a movie, and I was talking about endurance and not giving up and, and, and staying positive in, in these seasons. Um, and I made, I made a comment that says, you know, I'm a very optimistic person, um, I look for the good in everybody in every situation, and that's true. I do, um, and I talked about how um, my cup is not half full or half empty, but it's running over. And this is kind of the reference is David saying, "All right, because I have God in my life, there's more to life than I even deserve. There's more to life than than than, than I can even imagine, because uh, I'm looking for that in my life." Um, and as I was talking about this um, that night, I went home and I couldn't sleep for hours. Um, and the reason is because um, as I shared that. Um, I, I had this sense that that day there was people in our service who didn't connect with that. They, they, they were saying, well, that's great for you. You have a lot of things that are positive that you could say that about. You don't understand my life. You don't understand the difficulties I'm going through. It's so good for you, but that's not my reality. That's cool that you see life that way, but it's not mine. And I had this sense like that, almost like those people in this room had this sense that I was out of touch with reality. Like that, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit in the season they're in. Um, and, and I, and I actually felt really bad because in that moment, here's my goal. My goal is to not make you think that I'm, I'm great or I'm good. My goal is to help you see that God is an amazing God and that Jesus is a great leader. That's my ultimate goal. And when I said those things, I, I felt like a little conviction from God saying, Hey, be careful, weigh your words, uh, because people are listening, uh, but you also have to have balance in there. And here's the thing that, that I didn't say that day. Yes, I'm very positive. I'm very optimistic. I see the good in just about every situation. What I didn't say is, but that's not every single day. There are still moments where I'm tired and I'm cranky and I'm no fun to be around. There are moments where I'm, um, I have seasons of, of, of difficulties. Um, and, and next week we'll talk about, about those seasons. In those seasons in the past that I've gone through, um, I can look back and say, here's some of the reasons, some not by any fault of my own. And other times because of choices I made, it led to that, that season of, of darkness, that season of difficulty. Um, but here's the thing. I don't. I don't want to dwell in those, and I don't want to get stuck in those. Um, and for me as a pastor, my job is to be contrarian to the world and to our culture. That's my job. Because if I only pointed out the negative and the bad all the time, um, one, you'd probably stop coming because that's not very life-giving, but you wouldn't. there'd be no hope here for you because I'm only going to point out what is, what is true in your life all the time. And my job is not to point out what is the current reality. It's to point out what could be if you will only commit your life to God, if you only trust Him in this journey. That's my job. And so in those moments, it's almost like maybe I'm throwing cold, cold water on somebody. And sometimes it's exactly what you need to somebody to say, hey, life is actually really good right now. Like, well, for you, yeah, it's like throwing cold water on somebody. But so many people are stuck in their misery and their, in, in their despair that maybe cold water throwing them will actually help wake them up to something that's greater or something that's better. And I remember laying in bed that night, and I, just, I felt bad because, one, um, I didn't want to give this impression that I have it all together all the time because I don't. I'm human, I'm just like you. Um, and, and, and I hope if you're here today that if you are going through something difficult, that you'll, you'll begin to hear maybe a softer tone of saying, hey, I understand, I can relate, those seasons are no fun. But there's the other part I'm saying, but don't stop there. You have to keep going, you can't let discouragement overtake you. Um, and, and when it comes to the darkness that we face, when it comes to God being our, our leader, um, one of the things that I love this Christmas season is um, Jesus enters into a very dark season. In fact, in the Old Testament, you have these prophets like Isaiah, who talked about this Messiah, this King that's going to come in the future to rescue those who are in darkness. Um, in fact, one of our one of the most favorite Psalms, one of the most favorite um, prophecies uh, that points to Jesus is many of them are found in Isaiah. But here's one of them. I'm going to show it to you. Isaiah 9, uh, starting verse one. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who, who are, those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations. So he begins to point to this place called Galilee. It's, it's gonna, where Jesus is going to come from, be, be a part of. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. And he says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those, have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So there's levels of darkness. So sometimes despair is very dark, dark. other words, maybe it's not so bad. Whatever, that, whatever that, that shade that you're in of darkness, um, the the prophet is saying, those that walk in, they'll they'll see a great light. And then he goes on and says some more good things about Israel, how God's going to protect them. And he says this. This is one of the most famous famous prophecies of Jesus' coming. He says, for unto us a child is born, to us the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Uh, That's good news right there, guys. Um, Heaven is not going to be run by the Democrats. It's not going to be run by the Republicans. It's not going to be run by the Tea Party. It's going to be run by God. It'll be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And he begins to refer to who this Messiah is going to be, who Jesus is going to be. He's a Wonderful Counselor. When you're stuck, you don't know what to do in life. He's there to help you. He's a Mighty God who's powerful and strong. That whatever you're facing, he's bigger than it. He's an Everlasting Father. And some of you, this might be really difficult because of your experience of Father. He's a good Father that loves you. And he'll take care of you, and then he's the Prince of Peace. That when you're in those moments, he gives you something that nobody else can give you—peace. Because in the darkness, you need peace, you need hope. And he goes on. He says, "I will lead the blind by the way." Oh, there's, and then for, further in the, in the um, another prophecy in Isaiah 20:42, he says, "I will lead the blind by the way they do not know." He's talking about those that are spiritually blind, those that are lost, in they're, they're, they're in their own world, but they're far from God. They don't know what He's doing. I will guide them in the path that they do not know. I will make the darkness into light before them and rugged places into the plains. Those difficult areas, he's going to flatten those out. Those things I will do for them and I will not leave them abandoned or undone. So God's not going to leave you abandoned. He's not going to leave you undone. He's with you in those moments. In Jeremiah 30, I love how the prophet says this, 8 and 9, in the message paraphrase. He says, and then I will enter the darkness. So God is speaking and says, in those moments, I'm going to actually enter darkness. The darkness, and I'll break the yoke from their necks. I'll cut them loose from the harness. No more slave labor for foreigners. They'll serve their God and the David king I'll establish for them. So he says he's going to come. The Messiah's going to come. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring salvation. Um, and then the story of the Christmas story. There's you know b- before Jesus was born, his cousin was born. There's these miracles that take place right before Jesus is, 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 is um, his ministry starts. It's even when they're when they're kids and before they're even born, God begins to do these miraculous things. And in this, in, in Luke chapter uh, one, verse 76, um, Zechariah is a priest and God's going to give him a baby and his son's going to be named John, who's going to be the forerunner of Jesus. Like it's a prophet who's going to prepare people for Jesus to come. Um, and, and his father speaks this prophecy over his son and, and that's preparing the way for Jesus. And he says this, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the most high because you'll prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. It's important part there. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to show up. So the morning light, this is Jesus, this is God, is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. If you're here today and you're sitting in darkness, it feels like the shadow of death. To guide us to the path of peace. he what he's saying. So when Jesus comes, he's going to do a lot of things. But one of the things is he's going to begin to let us see a better reality than we've ever seen before. Because darkness is not the reality God designed for us, doesn't want for us. But those who sit in darkness, those who are in the shadow of the valley of the shadow of death, man, he's going to guide us onto a path of peace. So here's a couple of things I'd like to point out. As we read these scriptures, I think through, maybe if you're discouraged, if you're down, if you're um, overwhelmed, is one is you're not alone. Here's one of the most important things you need to know, that whatever you're facing, you're not the only one that faces that. All of us at seasons at times go through those things, and we can relate. And God can relate. And the one thing the enemy will want you to believe and think is you're the only one that feels what you feel. You're the only one that's going through what you're going through. You're all alone. And the enemy wants you to believe that because if he gets you to believe that, he gets you to focus on the pain and on the difficulty, your head is no longer up and alert and aware. It's now cast down. It's looking looking at yourself. And you're only consumed in what you have in front of you. But when you realize you're not alone in this, uh, that others want to help you, uh, that it's important that you seek help and that you talk to somebody, what happens you have to lift your head up for that and begin to have conversation and begin to look around. And when you do that, the moment you do that, you actually begin to realize you're not the only one that maybe is going through that. And in some cases, there's people who are going through something worse than you are, and if you just lift your head up and look around and see somebody and begin to extend maybe a, a loving hand, your pain will actually begin to lift also because as you help others, you'll begin to realize that you're not the only one that goes through these things, and you can get through it. And in some cases, you seek help. You'll find that others have gone through what you've gone through. and They've come out on the other side better. And you can learn from them. You can grow from them. So you're not alone. The second thing I would say to this is this is not the end of, the, end of the story. What you're going through is not the end of the journey. It's only part of the, of, of the chapter. It's not even the end of the book. For some of us, it's just the middle of the chapter, middle of the book. And the story's not completely written yet. But if you stop, then, you're, yeah, you're, you're at the end of your story. Even to the point of, um, in this season, you know, um, there's there because of the emotions, because of the difficulties we face, um, our suicide rate in our in our nation goes up. This month, um, it's it's a dark a dark season for a lot of people. And in that, the enemy would want you to believe that the only way out is just to, to end it all, to give up, to stop. And it's not the end of the story because here's the truth: it, that 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 solution is not a solution. It's a it's a, it's a permanent action that actually. Um, stops your ability to make a difference in this world, the difference that you're created to make. And as soon as you do that check out, you, that ability to help others actually ends with you. And, but it's not the end of the story, so don't ever give up. That's not the way, the way out. Um, there's more to it. And here's, here's, let me read a scripture in Hebrews. Hebrews 11, three, 13 through 16. Uh, the book of Hebrews is talking about these people of faith who have lived a life that pleased God. Um, and, and this is what the author says, that each of these people of faith, they died not yet having in hand what was promised. So some of the people that followed God, they didn't even attain everything that prom- God had promised them because the promise wasn't just here or now. There was something more to it. So how do they do it? Even in the seasons of, of, of difficulty and suffering, going through something that was hard, well, they saw it they saw way off in the distance, waved, waved their greeting, and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. People who live this way make it, make it plain that they are looking for their future, their, their true home talking about heaven that these people live this way that are looking to something better and furthered in the future they're looking at heaven as their home it goes on and says if they were homesick for the old country they could have gone back at any time they wanted but where um but they were after a far better country than that heaven country you can see why god is so proud of them he has a city waiting for them and a city that's waiting for them talk about heaven those that put their hope in god See, here's the thing about heaven is a lot of times we have, a, we have a big misunderstanding about heaven. You know, many people teach you you go to heaven, you wear white, you sit on a cloud, you get, get a harp, you get fat, you sing in a choir. I don't know about you, but that sounds more like hell than heaven, right? I don't want to sit in a harp, I sit on a cloud, get fat, just sing in a choir and play my harp. That, that, you, you, we're not designed to be a fat cherub. But that's the picture we get, of, we get of heaven is we're going to become these fat little angels, right, that are going to just sing songs all day. That doesn't sound like heaven. That sounds more like hell. And I can see why people will be like, man, I I don't get this. I don't know if I want heaven. See, the the reality the Bible talks about is heaven is actually a renewed and restored earth. Like it's put back to right. The way when it was broken, God fixes it, puts it back, and then gives us this amazing environment. That's perfect. So whatever you think is amazing in life, heaven is better. It's better. There's no death. There's no sickness. There's no cancer. There's no divorce. There's no hurt. There's no pain. All those things that we don't like about life, they, they don't exist. And all those things that we do like, everything's even better than that. Heaven is a place that's going to be an amazing. And, and he's saying the people of faith, they saw that. They, they grabbed onto something that God said and said, I'm going to trust you, that life is not the end of the story. That even this life that I'm living, it's not the end. There's something more. And they use their life to help others to see that. So you're not alone. This is not the end of your story, and I would say God has a plan for you. One of the things you have to understand, even in your difficulties, even in your darkness, even whatever you're going through, God has a plan for your life. The prophet tells us that God has hopes to prosper us and to help us to become the best that we can become. He has good plans for our life. And here's the thing: is see, in life, what happens is a lot of times we have this idea and this purpose that if we could put out all the fires in our life, we could get everything in order, then life's going to be perfect. But let me break it down to you. Even when you that that goal will never be attained, for one, because there's always going to be something to change, something to fix, something to go on. It's a never-ending goal that you have. You'll never reach that goal because of pain, because of sin, because of things in our world that are broken. And if that's your goal, to only be happy in this life, you'll never be satisfied because your only focus will be about you and what you can attain and what you can do. But if you begin to partner with God and realize your story is not just about you, but it's about helping others. Like There's people in this world that only you can help. And as soon as you pick your head up and say, what can I do to help others around me? You begin to realize God has good plans for your life. In fact, um, one of the best things you could do when you're discouraged is help others. Why? Because you you actually begin not to focus on your pain, but you begin to see other people's pain. You empathize with them, and you begin to help them. And what happens is your pain diminishes because you realize you're not the only one that has pain. Uh, Today, after service, at second service, we have 301, Discovery 301. If you are wanting to know well, what is my purpose in life, how has God wired me, this is a great class to go to. 301 is designed for us to help figure out the way God designed your personality and then some gifts that he's given you to be able to make a difference in this world. Like He wants you to discover that. And I would say if you don't have purpose, make 2019 the year that you figure out what your purpose is. Because until you do, darkness will be difficult to get through because you'll only have the purpose of you being happy and satisfied. And your purpose is much bigger than that. Your purpose is not just you being satisfied and happy, but it's helping others to find peace and joy and all of that. And here's the thing, as the the shepherd leads us and guides us, like David says, um, he's going to lead us through seasons. And and here's the thing, he's always leading us to the next next place. So I would say this, whatever your struggle is, whatever you're going through, don't stop, because you may be only a few more feet from the top. You might only be a few more feet from the next pasture that's going to get you through the next season. And, And when you stop, you don't make it there. And God would say don't stop, and I would say don't stop. Keep going because you're only a few feet away from the top. You're only a few feet away from what God has for you. Don't don't give in. The enemy would love for you to give in. That's one of the things the Bible talks about. It's very clear the reality is we have a God who loves us, but we have an enemy that hates us. And if I was the enemy and I was trying to take you out, I would try to remove all the resources that you have. Financial resources, the, the, probably one of the best resources you have of energy, your time. I don't want to steal and rob all those things from your relationships. Because if I can slowly take away those resources, eventually I would win the battle. In a war, the the, the people that win the battle are the ones that have the resources at the end. And the ones that lose the resources are the ones that lose the battle. And when you lose your resources, you're not able to overcome and make it through because you have no resources to give it, especially emotions. uh, Our our, um, ability to have self-control and patience it's an exhaustible resource that we have on a given daily basis. So when you have to face something over and over that's really difficult, it drains you. That happens to all of us. And when you're depleted of that, it's really hard to make wise choices because you no longer have the resources and the capability to make a healthy decision. This is when people are depressed or they're going through something really difficult. They've depleted themselves of all these emotions and all these things. They don't know what to do because they're depleted. And next week, we're going to say, here's some, some ways not to ever get depleted. But if you are depleted, here's some ways to maybe refuel, refuel yourself and get, get healthy again. So today, here's, here's my challenge. I'll leave you with that. Next week, I'll give you some more tools. Come back. Um, but I want you to understand this. This is the picture I want to paint. Darkness, it sucks. And darkness doesn't give anything that's good. And the Bible says that very clearly. Many people in our world are walking in darkness. They don't know up from down. They don't know right from left. They're just lost They're stumbling around. They don't know what to do. And some of us in the room, you're in that situation. I would say for today, understand that darkness is, that's the reality of darkness. And there'll be seasons that we go through difficulties like that. And God's still with us. But my my challenge is this. Let God lead you to peace. Let God lead you on this journey. See, being a Christ follower, being a Christian just means not that you're perfect, not that you have it all together, but you're just somebody that says, God, I can't do this without you. I need your help. Would you lead me on this journey? And God says, yes, I will step into the darkness and I will bring light. In fact, I'll turn your darkness into light. I'll begin to do something on your behalf. And as we trust God to lead us on this journey towards peace and towards relationship with him and health, what we have to understand is he knows what you need better than you know. He knows what I need better than what I know. And as I trust him, he'll lead me on this journey to those very things. And sometimes the place he leads me is the place I think I really don't want to go there. And then when I get there, I realize that's exactly where I needed to be. And all the resistance that I was given towards God, no, that's not the right place, that's not your place, actually kept me from God saying, just trust me on this journey. Don't, don't fight, just, just go. I'm going to lead you there to a better place if you will trust me. So my challenge for us today is this. Would you let God lead you to peace? If you're in that season of darkness, would you begin to just say, all right, God, give me some hope that I can get through this. Man, help me look around so I can see others. I'm going to, to get stuck in this, this moment, but I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to break through it. I'm going to put my trust in you. John 8, 12 says this. He, Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Next week we're going to talk about what that life that leads to life looks like. But today... If you're here today, Jesus, the invitation he gives us is, is if you will follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. If you'll put your trust in me, you won't have to walk in darkness because I'll give you the light that leads to life. I'm going to share my light with you. And your life will actually begin to be illuminated. You'll be able to see things for how they really are, not how just you are. Because we tend to see things the way we are. And if we're in in a funk, we see everything in that funk and if we're in discouragement, we see everything through that filter of discouragement. And in that moment, God is saying, I will lead you if you'll follow me. And you won't have to walk in that darkness, but you can walk in light. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service? If you're here today and that's you, you would say, you know what? I'm in the darkness. I'm walking in the darkness. I've been in the darkness for a long time. But I don't want to be anymore. I want to invite God to lead my life. I want God to lead me, that I'll follow his lead. I want that light that leads to life. So the greatest thing you can do in this world is put your hope in God and then let him lead you wherever it takes you, the journey takes you, you just trust him in those moments. And you get people around you to help you on the journey, but you would say, God, I trust you. So today, if you're here, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. And today you're here and you say, I want to follow God. I want to follow Christ. I want to give him my life. I need his help. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Just lift your hand. Let me know you're here. I'll lead you in a prayer, just in your seat. I won't call you down to the front, but just where you're at in your seat. You would say, "That's me. I'm in. I'm in a dark season, and I need God to be and illuminate my life. I need God's help." And what's amazing is when we invite God in, He responds, He answers, and He begins to help us through that darkness. Awesome. So a few hands. Anybody else that you're here days? That's me. For you to raise your hand, would you pray this prayer after me? And if you're a Christ follower, would you join us in praying with them so they're not praying alone? And just say this prayer with me today and maybe you're in that season and you, you want to say, God, I, I want your light. Just a simple prayer of saying, God, I invite you to lead me. Say this after me, say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help, that I cannot do it without you. I don't want to give up. I don't want to stop. I don't want to stay stuck. Would you bring light to my darkness? Would you lead me on this journey? Help me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to be a light that shows me a way home. Thank you for letting him die on that cross in my place so I could have a new life. I could follow you. Today I put my trust in you. Would you lead me? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.